Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ahoy, ahoy. Hi. How's it going? How goes it? Um, you know. Are you Still driving pregnant. through the bunghole of America? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Not today. I'd, I'd apologize to Ohio, but it is kind of the, the taint of America. Yeah. Yeah. That's my least favorite place to drive through. Kentucky is not, is like so much easier. It, well, I will tell you, there is nothing worse than when you're on a long drive. And getting behind someone in southern Ohio or northern Kentucky who doesn't know how to drive through mountains, that sucks. Yeah, there's just always so much construction in Ohio. And And they make you pay for the privilege of driving through Ohio. Well, we, we get to avoid that. Yeah. So, how are you? Oh, I'm in a dangerous place right now. Why? My uh, wife is uh, out of town to witness the birth of her uh, very first nephew. She's in Kansas right now. And I've been left to my own devices since uh, Tuesday. And the house is still standing, and the dog is still alive. Yeah, I was going to say, how's the dog? (laughs) (laughs) The dog is still alive. She's a little mopey because I'm not her favorite. Aww. Well, it's not your fault that you suck. It's not. It's also not my fault that I'm not a pushover who feeds her off of my plate all the other stuff my wife does to bribe her affection. Oh, that's what that is? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's funny because Andrea will also complain that the dog doesn't listen to her and doesn't respect her. And I say, well, all she has to do is beg and you pretty much do whatever she wants. Uh, yeah, mine are more afraid of me. Like, to, to tell you how well Pebbles has Andrea trained, Pebbles just has to go into the kitchen, look at her bowl of treats, and grunt, and Andrea will give her one. Really? Yeah, like, Pebbles dictates to Andrea when, uh, when a treat has been earned. I'm the one who requires good behavior. You require good behavior. Oh, sometimes they get treats just because. 
Well, she gets an after bath treat if she behaves herself, if she doesn't try and jump out of the tub. Because there is nothing worse than having to wrangle a half sudsed up dog trying to make a jailbreak. <laughs> yeah, mine are always trying to do that. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm just trying to print exciting. something for work and my. Uh... My computer is not acknowledging that my printer exists. I had that exact problem in my office before I left. I was trying to print out a label for an envelope, and that for whatever reason, uh, Windows did not want to acknowledge the existence of my brother label printer. So I had to handwrite a bunch of envelopes before I left. Oh, I hate that because my handwriting sucks. There we are. Okay, that's really stupid. I don't know why it was doing that. So dumb. So dumb. So I have <sighs> a things that we so can what did talk you want? about. Yeah, what did you want to talk about? There's this has been an exhausting couple of weeks. What? Um, there is... What does that even mean? So it, it's what Reason coined it. And it's from you. Do you remember Barbecue Becky and yeah. Kermit Patty and all of these busybodies who were calling the police on barbecues and lemonade stands and crap like that? Yeah, that's that's what reason coined this phenomenon. And there's the alliteration alone is beautiful. There's also Burrito Bob from uh, on the Bart train who called the cops on a guy eating a breakfast burrito. And what what's wrong with people? Well, and I would also lump into that um, Ving Rames's neighbors. You know, calling the cops. Basically, it it's a phenomenon that is not new, but I wish more people would be aware of, and that is Anytime someone doesn't like what they see, they call the police. Like, I remember when I was in um, undergrad, uh, the nice thing about being in a criminology program is you get to listen to a bunch, all the wacky 911 calls. And um, Milwaukee police would routinely get calls for when, um, like, McDonald's ran out of chicken nuggets and stuff like that at midnight. Yeah. So, yeah, that's absurd. And yeah, so you have that. There was, I mean, it, on the more tragic end, uh, this happened in the Dallas-Fort Worth area a couple of years ago, but neighbors called the cops on a resident's father who was visiting from Bangladesh. Father was just taking a midday walk because his son and daughter-in-law were at work and the grandkids were at school so he was just kind of left to his own devices doesn't speak a lick of english so the tv is useless he decides to take a walk throughout the neighborhood uh police get called on him he gets very confused and an officer shoots him for not being compliant what the fudge so what 
you have are one, I I have no idea what a person calling nine one one is gonna say about a Bengali man just walking down the street with his hands in his pockets. I I don't know what red flags that sets off of an elderly gentleman no. just walking down Literally the street. Literally none. So why do the cops always I get that there are some good cops. Like I you know I don't just see that. But they're not doing themselves any favors by they don't have to pursue this bullshit. Mm-hmm. They don't have to. Just because somebody calls the cops, they're not required to go do something about it as much as they want to say that they are. They aren't. Well, and, and, and in the case keep... of, of Permit Patty over there in Oakland, like if you see the, the viral video, she is put in tears because the responding officers inform her these people are doing nothing wrong. You have to leave. Right. But sometimes they don't. And they shoot mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I, they need to be responsible for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to not be doing that kind of thing. I don't know how to say what I want to say better. I'm a little tired right now. I've had a tiring day. Sorry. Well, one thing, and it's one thing that, uh, for example, Salt Lake City PD has been spending a lot of time on is verbal de-escalation techniques. And Salt Lake City PD has not had a shooting in like three years. So. Well, yeah, and the training is good, but we really need to do something about their ability to weasel out legally of culpability. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting to the point of absurdity. Well, you can pretty much do just about anything and nothing's going to happen to you. More than likely, you're not going to be charged because of, you know, qualified immunity and, you know, I was in fear for my life. And we only look at the actions at the time that this occurred. Mm -hmm. So any escalation the officer does beforehand is not even in consideration of the jury. Mm -hmm. So literally, because the way that the law works, if they sit there and get in somebody's face and slap them around and, you know, do blah, 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 whatever, to escalate a crazy person, Mm -hmm. and then that crazy person draws a knife and the cop shoots them, the only consideration that jury can, the only thing that jury can consider is how that officer felt in that moment when that dude pulled his knife. And all of the escalation that the officer was responsible for prior to that is not allowed to be considered. Right. In whether or not they're responsible for that. And that is, that is, that's not a normal way of viewing any situation. Well, and then contrast that with just as a comparison of even though you may have thought the verdict should have been different, all of that information was made um, part of George Zimmerman's trial of how he initiated contact, of how he escalated contact, of the 911 call where he said, uh, 
someone walking down the street that you have a bad feeling about is not something that the police are going to deal with and you should not approach him. Yeah, but that that could be considered in George Zimmerman's, but by case law, you can't consider that when it comes to a police officer. Right. And that's that's the problem. That's why you run into issues like, you know, shooting an Indian dude just walking down the street. Mm -hmm. They can't even, the jury can't even consider should the cops have engaged that situation to begin with. Mm -hmm. And what did the cops do to defuse it? before that happened, I mean, they can't look at any of that. And until there's consequences for that, it, it, I, you know, yeah, some training in some places is going to do something we hope, Mm -hmm. but that's not really the solution. The solution has got to be, you know, they're accountable from start to finish when Mm -hmm. they get to a call to when that call is finished. And if something happens during that call, the question is not just was your life at risk, the question is also, how did your life become at risk? Because if your life is put at risk by a suspect because of your own mm-hmm. negligence or your own, your own, you know, criminal action or not criminal action, but negligence. your own escalation of the situation. Negligence then or recklessness, I, let's say. Yeah. I mean, reckless behavior, then you shouldn't be able to, you know, skate. You shouldn't be able to skate on that. Well, and for me, the other thing, especially after the summer of snitches, and especially this the BS that was coming out of the Bay Area and Austin, is just what is the responsibility of citizens to not, one, falsely make a claim to the police that there's they suspect a crime is going on in the case of Ving Rhames? Uh, and two, uh, to not look to the violent arm of the state, because that's what the police are. They're the, they're, the, they're the state's law enforcement army, in essence. Why they have guns and rifles and SWAT teams and helicopters and tanks, right? That not every little inconvenience of life needs the police involved. Because they're scared of talking to people. Like, they don't want to just go out there and go talk to the person and say, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, I mean, they don't want to do that. They would rather call the cops. Yeah. And no, people should start. I mean, the problem with. We've talked about this before, and you've had a good point. The problem with criminalizing people calling about things like that is that um, they are going to be less likely to call the police when it's actually needed if you start doing that. Well, and if that's you look not at, good. If you look at attitudes regarding the police in our inner city, I mean, dis- disproportionate police responses and some of the really messed up mistakes that they make is already chilling the number of people in places like Detroit or Baltimore <clears throat> or Denver who want to call the police because just um, just a week ago there was a woman who called the police because her adult sons were getting into a shoving match and 
she said, if you don't stop, I'm calling the police. I, I would say that if a fight is breaking out between two 20-something-year-olds in your house and you can't de-escalate it, I'm not expecting a 60-year-old woman to break it up, that that's appropriate. Well, the police got there and the fight was over. The police did not listen to the woman, did not listen to the girlfriend, did not listen to any of the son. End up tasing one son who just came home from work, didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, put the whole family in lockup over the weekend, and three of them lost okay. their jobs because they couldn't get to work on Monday. So, what does that? What message does that send in that neighborhood about? calling the police even when it is justified it says don't bother they're just going to make your day worse yeah yeah that's true that's true you know what i wanted to talk about today is i'm i'm kind of on the i sure hope it's a way that that we can fix the senate judiciary hearing process by putting in rules of evidence and standards i don't want to talk about any of that I don't want to talk about him at all. Okay. Um, he's going to get confirmed, and I'm super pissed, and I just don't I don't even want to get into it. Um, what so about the hard-button issue gam- of crepe versus pancake? Pancake. I mean, hands down. Gamble. Gamble. I want to talk about gamble. Okay. Proceed. So... The left is seizing on to Kavanaugh. Well, this will, you know, whatever tangentially have to do with Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. That they want Kavanaugh to get confirmed because he will sit on the court when they decide Gamble, which could help Trump with his pardon powers for okay. state crimes. But, <clears throat> which is true. <clears throat> That's probably true. Um, But I don't think, I think that Gamble is is an important case outside Mm -hmm. of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And it's bothering me because we're looking at it through one lens. Mm -hmm. And I'm not entirely sure how much this would affect his pardon power for state crimes. I mean, this has to do with, if, if I'm understanding this correctly, being charged for the same, the same charge under state and federal law at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if there were state crimes that people committed that were not charged under federal law, that would not extend his pardon power to state crimes. Mm-hmm. It would, however, prevent, you know, trying things through the federal judiciary and then if he pardons them, then going back and charging them under state law. Correct? That, well, how much have you followed that? Is that the correct understanding of that? I, I mean, yeah, basically what happened with Gamble is he was felon in possession of a firearm 
and he was prosecuted both by the state and in the federal district in which he lived. And he he argued he's arguing that and it it's to overturn Was it for the, the same crime? Like was it the same yes. same crime? Okay, so the only yes. issue is same crime, not different crime from the same illegal act. Well, I mean That's for the I'm purposes saying. That's the difference. for the purposes of double jeopardy and res judicata. Um, it, it would be same action, same activity, which is why, just as an example, if someone is found not guilty of manslaughter or not guilty of murder, the state can't go back and retry them for a lesser offense. So, if you hear my dog whining, it's just because she's a pain in the ass. But, I, I'm really yeah. curious as to what gamble has to do with pardon powers. Because That's the thing I don't get. Because I Okay, because the argument is, at least for a lot of these things that have been going on through the Mueller investigation. Oh, my mm-hmm. cross. She just tried to pull my headphones out of my ear. My kitty. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um so for the Mueller investigation, what a lot of people have been hoping for is that if Trump decides to pardon, now you can't do this in New York because New York already has law against it, mm-hmm. but New Jersey doesn't and you know other Virginia doesn't, so that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. That if people are convicted of trying federally, mm-hmm. and then Trump pardons them, mm-hmm. that the states can then go pick up those prosecutions. Potentially. Right. For whatever would, would fall under state crimes and mm-hmm. get them that way, and Trump can't pardon that because it's a state crime. Mm-hmm. So the argument with Gamble is that if the person is tried and convicted in a federal court mm-hmm. for those actions, his pardon would then prevent them in the state because they've already been tried and convicted in the federal system. So if they decide and gamble that you mm-hmm. can't do that anymore, mm-hmm. that would bar that state prosecution option Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be a way for Trump to get around that. So for me, I, I have a grander issue with federal crimes because for the most part... You're a libertarian? Except, well, no. That for the most part, the Constitution lays out um, the proper scope for the federal courts um, that if if it's a maritime issue, if it's an interstate issue, um, things like that. So, um, for example, trafficking in sex slaves, proper scope of the federal courts to assert their jurisdiction, um, kidnapping, things like that, uh, 
Yeah, most I don't common... think drug crimes within a single state, I don't think there should be federal drug laws unless it's interstate. I mean, I don't, that, that doesn't make any sense to me as a general rule. Or, or a common law crime on a, in, a, in a federal land, like at a national park. There's a murder at a national park. Okay. Um, right. My, my issue with the Gamble case is you have what I believe to be a federal law, which is the Violence Against Women's Act that oversteps the proper constitutional bounds of the federal government in making a intrastate possessory action a crime. In this case, a felon possessing a handgun. So whether or not you think felons should possess handguns, I happen to be in the group that says no, violent felons probably shouldn't. But I don't think that it should be a federal crime because I don't think it's constitutional. Well, regardless, I mean, because there's a larger issue here. So even if you think the federal crime shouldn't be a federal crime, I, I am of the opinion that you should only, that double jeopardy does mean you should only have one bite of the apple. Mm-hmm. So pick, pick your venue, yeah. and that's what you get. And that's, and that's, that's it. where I and, come and down I, on I, it, too. I'm disappointed in, in liberals. I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. A lot of them probably just don't understand what the case is about. They're just yeah. focused on Trump, so they're not thinking of the larger issue. But for me, I have a specific way I want Gamble to be decided because mm-hmm. I have a problem with the idea that somebody can be charged twice for the same thing. I don't think that that's appropriate. But it does create this problem with Donald Trump and prosecution of his minions. Because well, and, that's and for Gamble, true. It, it's it, not it, even so much for Gamble of he was found guilty twice. The real problem is where someone is found not guilty in the state and then a federal prosecution starts up. That's the real problem for me. Of Gamble's basically arguing that, you know, he was found guilty in Alabama for one year that it is unconstitutional for him to then get 15 years in federal prison on a second prosecution for the same actions, which I think is an important principle still. But the much more common one is where, you know, especially for drug crimes, someone is found not guilty or gets a light sentence in the state, and then a federal prosecution starts and they get serious prison time. Yeah, that's not... So... I, I shared this on Facebook for the 8 millionth time, but it's that great scene from A Man for All Seasons where Thomas More talks about all the benefit of the law. And that's what I'm getting from what you're saying some members of the left are clued in on here in Gamble, is basically in order to make sure that we can't defeat it, they mean Democrats, can get Trump and all of his cronies, uh, they want weak double jeopardy jurisprudence to make sure that they get as many kicks at Trump and his cronies as they can. Well, let's put it this way. I don't think that that actually 
what's going on. I think most of the people in that viral whatever thing that's going on with that, those people don't really, if they, if they were given the case without the context of Trump, they wouldn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're looking at the wider implication of it. Well, and, in and all that, fairness. That's the whole point of I don't think team, they're so. saying, I don't care. No, they're saying Trump is the hell they can to take him down. No, I don't even think they're thinking about that. Sure. Okay. I don't even think they're thinking about that. I really genuinely do not. So, in all fairness to them, because I mean, you're, it, these are not, it's not like these are lawyers or yeah. lawmakers saying this. Yeah. You know, well, these are everyday people. I don't think they understand what, what they're. On the other end of the spectrum, um, as I pointed out this year, Republicans have greatly expanded gun control <laughs> by going after immigrants. Um, you may not have seen, or you may have seen how it was reported, but um, pretty much by party line. Can you talk to Camel? Yes. Uh, no, the 99 blue? Republicans Sorry. in the House and Senate have expanded the number of uh, crimes, state crimes, that would qualify as aggravated offenses. Those aggravated offenses yeah. can be used to fast track um, people out of the country. The other thing that those aggravated offenses are used is to bar people from purchasing firearms, is to bar people from qualifying for student loans, and to bar people yeah. from qualifying for federal jobs. Yes. So in right. one fell swoop, you know, yeah, one, thank you. <laughs> the number of people who won't be able to go to college, all in the name of getting rid of some Mexicans. They don't care. They don't. They didn't think it out. I mean, and, and Justin Amash you said you didn't think this through. Here's what you're doing. You're, you're to, to be able to deport more people, you're going to screw over a whole bunch of Americans from being able to exercise their Second because, Amendment rights to well, go to school yeah, to get this loans. Is the, this is the party that already thinks they're criminals, so they don't really give a fuck. Excuse me. Yeah. That was my one. But, they care. Um, but honestly, they, care they don't. They don't care. Mexicans. They don't care about Americans. I feel a whole lot. They don't safer. care about Americans that are criminals. They yeah. don't care. I know. They don't care about Mexicans so, who aren't criminals. No, they don't care about Americans that are criminals. I know. Even if they're white. Which is funny because when it comes to their own criminal actions, then it's like somebody's being railroaded. Oh yeah. But so my issue, my issue with gamble is this, and I'm trying to understand how this would affect the pardon system. So if you had, for example, Roger Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, coordinating with 
Julian Assange yeah. about the WikiLeaks disclosure. So that would be some mm-hmm. form of, you know, receiving stolen property, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever, a conspiracy to mm-hmm. commit fraud, uh, commit, you know, I don't know, yeah, whatever the statute Some wiretap in there so, given some of Assange's sources, yeah. Yeah, so if he's charged federally for that one criminal act of Mm -hmm. coordinating this with Assange, Mm -hmm. would, if there were state crimes that were not included in the federal crimes, Mm -hmm. would they still be able to charge him with those state crimes even if they came from the same act that he was charged with the federal crimes for. That's what I'm wondering. I... Because that's, that's my biggest concern, is like if there are state crimes that were violated that were separate mm-hmm. and distinct from the federal crimes mm-hmm. but arose from the same action, mm-hmm. would you still, if they, if they did decide gamble and say, okay, you can no longer do this, would it be the same act or would it be the same crime? Because that's, that's a different thing. Well, and I mean, I, I would be curious to see what the overlap would be because um, the majority of election law is state level, for one. Um, as far as you know what what is as far as i know what we are talking about Roger Stone and much within the Trump circle violating is either tax law or the espionage act right like these are the two key areas either I don't know if it would be espionage act cuz they weren't like transmitting classified information unless Most they were of, but i don't know I mean, how they would have had access just, to it of the pleas so far, like Manafort, it was campaign finance and tax law that Manafort copped his plea for. for yeah, example. and that's pretty much going to be all federal. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, um, the state of New York could, um, because Manafort's a New York citizen, right? Yeah, I mean, would they still be able to initiate their own prosecution based on their, their tax laws? I, th- I think if they he would. Was pardoned. I think they would because it's two completely different criminal codes, and while it involves the same event, that uh, basically w- you have a dual sovereign issue there, which gets back to the the exact case that Gamble Gamble is trying to overturn. But I think. Yeah, that, yeah that that's what I'm wondering. One. Is it the same criminal action that, that what's Gamble arguing? Is that you can't mm-hmm. charge under state and federal law for the same criminal action, or you can't charge the same exact crime? Yeah. Felon in possession of a firearm is the same crime under state law and federal law. I mm-hmm. understand that it would be wrong to be able to um, and I agree with him that it would be wrong for the feds to charge you with the same mm-hmm. criminal, the same or 
necessarily understand. Well, and I mean, where where the tax fraud comes from ultimately is, and I would say for the action. state, no, it, it it would be two different you actions know. because the the fraud is um, the reporting that you do, which is two separate reports. So it would be he would have had to prepare completely oh, yeah, yeah, separate yeah. tax documents for the state than for the federal government. Yeah. So I think that that yeah. would be two distinct, two distinct uh, causes of action based off of two separate pieces of paper there. So, I mean, as far as the tax stuff goes, yeah, I, I think that if if Manafort fraudulently filed federal tax returns, the, the Treasury in New York could investigate them separately because there's it's separate paperwork. So. See, that's what There's I was that thinking, end of it. that this could, yeah, this could definitely make the strategy of the Mueller team harder in that mm -hmm. they're going to have to make more difficult choices about what they want pursued federally versus mm -hmm. what they want pursued in the states. Mm -hmm. I think that's true, which I think they can adapt to that just fine. Yeah. Um, well, and, and this, this may so have far. certain things. I mean, so far, it's all campaign finance law and taxes. And the taxes are the only things that might carry over into the states that I can think of of what yeah. people have to so far. Well, in line to federal agents, which is obviously federal. Mm -hmm. Chris, you got in for the sexy, sexy tax law segment. Yes, my favorite part. <laughs> oh yeah we were talking about gamble and pardon not my favorite part what pardon the no good it's fine <laughs> basically what Julia was, that was saying the only... is that there are there are people on the left who are concerned if uh, double jeopardy applies to federal and state-like crimes, then uh, Trump could pardon all of his cronies and uh, no one would go to prison. Yeah, but I don't even, I'm not even sure that Kavanaugh would, would rule in favor of Gamble. Mm -hmm. He's pretty much a law and order kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a determinative, uh, unless the only reason he wants to get on the court is to help Trump out, or he knows getting on the court. Well, I have and, no compunction with saying that he is an extremely unethical person. Well, and <laughs> so, and even then, I uh, among one, I, I don't imagine um, Alito, Thomas, or Roberts um coming out much different than uh than the Rehnquist court did when that was reevaluated in the 90s so i mean if it's if the if he ends up for example if Kavanaugh ends up being vote number 5 siding with the liberal justices in gamble are we going to say it's a big trump conspiracy i have no reason to think that the liberal justices would even agree with that uh, on the double jeopardy grounds? Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think that, I, I don't see them Sotomayor and uh, Kagan. I don't see them uh, ruling against Gamble at all. You mean when you say ruling against, you mean siding with Gamble's appeal? That we need to I see them it? agreeing that that would be, yeah. No, I see them agreeing that, that that is a violation of double jeopardy. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. If the liberal justices vote, and again, in, in the original case, um, the last time that was visited under Rehnquist and before that in the Warren court, the liberal justices sided with the criminal appellant saying, yes, this is double jeopardy. Like Earl Warren wrote the dissent back in the 60s. Yeah. So, yeah. It, um, so I don't, yeah, I don't understand that argument. I think it's just this vehement anti-Trump and Kavanaugh. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, but it, the, a big reason why I've taken a break from some of what passes for news with the Kavanaugh hearing is... I got it. The, the boogeymen that people see with him that I don't get. Just like we've been uh, he talking is. about. I, I absolutely see that. Okay. His behavior at that hearing was unbelievable. It was. It was it was inappropriate. It was beyond inappropriate. I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even have words. It was shocking. And Conduct unbecoming. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't give him a job at Walmart acting like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for yeah, me, he, he definitely would fail at the greeter. For, for me, as we put, a pin in this, I have to wonder how many senators on the Republican side are unhappy to be put in this position of basically confirm Kavanaugh or leave it vacant and maybe they don't have a job in January and a milk toast moderate has to be nominated. I don't I really care. What they're doing is absolutely inappropriate. What they're doing is, is, is damaging to the court's reputation. And I cannot imagine that anyone, anyone sitting on the court right now, with the exception of Clarence Thomas, for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. are... okay with this. Mm-hmm. Even the conservative justices. I mean, they may have been okay with it, like, at first, but I don't even think so once those accusations came out, because the accusations themselves are damaging to the court's reputation. The, the, the willingness to ram him through despite those allegations without, mm-hmm. um, without a clear investigation of those allegations has got to be bothering mm-hmm. pretty much everyone on the court. And I say with the exception of Clarence Thomas for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But after his performance last Thursday, I can't imagine any of them. They want it pulled. I guarantee oh. you 
that Robert wants it pulled mm-hmm. at this point. So well, what what the what the GOP is doing at this point is just it's just it's you know it's funny because a friend of mine asked you know what would you do and I said I would pour a lot of DARPA money into inventing a time machine so I could go back and nominate Amy Barrett. I think. Yeah, I mean, they could pull him and do that now. Well, no, they couldn't do that now because uh, there wouldn't be enough time for hearings before the election, and there wouldn't be enough time for hearings uh, before Congress takes session in January. I mean, everyone is going to be going on vacation at the end of this month to campaign. Well, fine. They should have done this. <clears throat> they should have done this before. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so. They should have told <sighs> him a while ago. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like, I'm going to be, you know, a week ago. I, if they had pulled him like two weeks ago, they would have been able to get somebody else there. I am somewhat hopeful that this may lead to some cohesion <clears throat> in the court, the kind that was seen on the Burger Court in particular, um, due to the fact that there was a a presidency and some actions in Washington, namely uh, the Pentagon Papers and the Whitewater investigation or Watergate investigation, that kind of cast a pall over all branches of government. And I think we're kind of at that point right now again, (coughs) that I am hopeful that cooler heads like Roberts and Ginsburg and Sotomayor and Kagan will be able to cobble together some cohesive Supreme Court decisions to show that, look, there are a lot of things that we agree on. I think it would be incumbent on the Supreme Court next year in particular to maybe take some softball First Amendment cases, um, something like that, kind of like the Burger Court did just to uh, really, really clamp down home of, you know, we are here to protect freedom. We are not here to push a political agenda. Might go a long way in some wounds that are being made right now. This is unbelievable what they're doing now. I think that that's an exaggeration. I believe it. (sighs) It's been par for the course so far. It's it's pissing me off. I wanted to ask in particular about this. Um, Do we have the circus if the filibuster was still on the table? for Supreme Court nominees? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because there are those who have argued that, uh, for example, 
um, the timing of Feinstein <clears throat> releasing her knowledge of that letter amounts mm-hmm. to a filibuster of sorts. A filibuster, yeah. In, yeah. but in name. So. I mean, that's the oh, I think that's probably why they're and... so mad about that. <clears throat> mad about what? What she did. <clears throat> yeah, because the, the delay or the leak, or, or are you of my opinion that someone in her office leaked the memo to the press? I don't think that happened. No, I don't think that happened. Got to the press somehow. I mean, that, that, that's the big difference between this and Anita Hill, because at least Anita Hill they knew it beforehand and actually did the investigation beforehand. Yeah. I I don't think it was her office, <clears throat> primarily because they're now investigating her office for leaking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think she's smart enough to know that that would happen mm-hmm. if she did. Well, but... It was Ronan Farrow. I mean, I, I'm not saying she was even conscious of it. I mean... She's the Senate minority yeah, but leader. If it ends She's got up a ton of interns of, and a ton of staff. Sure, but if it ends up coming out of her office, that's going to be very, very bad for her and the Democrats in general. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think she would have risked that. No, no, I don't think she personally would have. I just am not sure if someone in her staff, perhaps some... Uh, intrepid member of the resistance was uh, with all the good intentions in the world broke confidence with Dr. Ford. That's all I'm saying. An intern or a staffer or an aide. I would would hope not. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, but uh, honestly, if they were going to leak it, would they leak it to the intercept? Was it to the intercept or the post? That was to the post. Hold on just a second. Are you going to reward that? Don't reward that. <laughs> she can go in the kennel if she wants to act like that. You're treating right, this as a trial run for when your kid gets born. <laughs> but... You need to be Real on fresh. the couch for five minutes and quiet before you can play. Period. Because the dog's going to know five minutes. Well, she will because we're timing it. Explain to John that that you are judging his fathering abilities based on how he treats the dogs. He he only was going to do that, I can pretty much guarantee, because I'm on the podcast and she's whining loudly. Mm -hmm. He was just trying to keep her quiet. But, yeah, she can't do that. <laughs> so I think he was uh, doing that for me. Okay. <laughs> so, Chris, you, you didn't, did, did you want to weigh in on the summer of snitches, by the way, and how uh, we're all bad citizens because we call the police when there's a barbecue? Um, only if you're uh, trying to switch on a child. Uh, doing a lemonade stand or um, people, you know, having a 
time to time when they shouldn't need any of those things. Um, a, a working class gentleman enjoying a burrito on the train. Or, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say it, but maybe I should sign an NDA. <laughs> oh. But it's got to be an NDA for perpetuity, and it's got to reflect upon all your family members. You can't mm-hmm. say anything bad about them. And... Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, if I get word that your fiance is talking shit about me, there'll be there'll be uh, heads to roll. <sighs> but what do you summer of snitches? Do you think people call the police for stupid reasons and endanger the lives of their fellow citizens by initiating police contact? Or do you think it's overblown? I think we lost him. Oh no, Chris died. No, he, he, no. he's getting that yay I sent him. I was going into the apartment and I was walking by the doorman and the building owner, so I was just like, okay, you don't need to see, hear me say hi or how you doing or any of that. Uh, Say hi to your mother for me. Don't get me started on that accent. <laughs> hey. There's no way I'm coming back if I, if I start talking like that. Oh, that reminds me. Who are you rooting for in the playoffs, Chris? Um, well, I, I think it's more for a player. Um, and it's a player that was on the Tigers and the Mets. Uh, I won't mention who is also on another team in New York, but they don't need to be named. Curtis Granderson. So I'm pulling for the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. The Brewers are my NL team because I lived in Milwaukee for six years. So, hey. I figured fine... it's my choice. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Granderson deserves it because he's a stand-up guy. <clears throat> so I, I want you to treat yourself, Chris, even when you're watching the games. Who Listen to the Brewers radio broadcast because it is a special treat to get to hear Bob Euchre call a baseball game. Well, I mean, Bob Euchre. Yeah. Enough said. He's the last of the greats. He is. What about you, Julia? Who are you rooting for in the playoffs? Uh, nobody. I'm not watching. I don't even know what playoffs you're talking about. Baseball. America's sport. Oh, good Lord. I'm sorry. But, yeah. So, snitches, Chris. And we can we can leave today talking about snitches. Get snitches. I used to have this awesome. I used to have this awesome Hell's Angels T-shirt that said "Snitches are a dying breed." That's an interesting uh, shirt. Um, yeah. Um, I don't like snitches unless 
just like a matter of national security or mm-hmm. um and that or uh the fate of the economy is laying in the hands of that person mm-hmm. so so you don't think people should be calling the police because uh, they don't think uh, black people have the right to barbecue in the park. Everyone has got the right to barbecue in the park. <laughs> or that they don't think little black children have a right to sell lemonade. I, I, I noticed I a pattern with a lot of these pitches. Or they don't think black guys have the right to eat a burrito on the train. No. So I have a new theory, by the way, that this is the darkest side of gentrification because it was all white hipsters calling the cops on um, black people in Oakland and San Francisco and Austin. So (laughs) I think hipsters just are uncomfortable around black people. And here I thought they were like America's like urban pioneers. They're just racist, but people that oh, try to Bernie is the Bernie is the head of the civil rights movement. No, so Chris, you misunderstand. They all they're love urban, black people. They're not pioneers. They're urban pilgrims. <laughs> ah, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. I'm just saying. And I'm not just saying that because Tall Hats with Buckles is the latest haute couture. Oh, God, is it? No, it's, you'd believe it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they tried to bring everything back. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried something like that. Oh, man, those buckles on those hats were awesome. I want to try it. So, yeah. Snitches. I'm just saying that there's there's a virulent strain of millennial hipster progressives that oh, progressives. are yeah that are um, focused on classism primarily because they don't want to look at their own racism. Mhm. Mhm. Um. So, yeah. No. Absolutely. And spot I can still call the cops on black people for just about anything. Mhm. I'm just saying. You'll get no argument from me. Um. And I can't stand Michael Avenatti. You know, I'm going to be honest. um, Until he brought forward his his, uh, victim in this case and uh, some of the the things she said. um, And I'm glad he coached her, by the way, so that she didn't actually get into anything libelous by actually naming Brett Kavanaugh with what she was saying. But until he stepped forward, um, I at, at least I thought that this there could be some semblance of a just investigation done 
but he just he just added another ring to the circus, I'm afraid. Well, supposedly she has corroboration, but I have yet to see it. I guess there's one signed affidavit from a corroborating witness for her claims. But no, I mean, she didn't claim that he raped her at all. Yeah. And I don't like how he does things at all. Michael Avenatti? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it I think it hurts way more than it helps. Mm-hmm. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, on the on the train of trashing Democrats because they're not doing things the way he's doing it. And they're probably going, can you please just shut the F up? Yep. We're trying to do our job and he's running for president. That's so lovely. So I wanted to close this out um, because Chris, Julia, if you're both Democrats, um, did you see, did you hear about the bad news from NPR? What's that? Um, that the Kavanaugh <laughs> hearings and Trump's latest uh, rallies has really excited the Republican base and where there was at the end of the summer, you know, basically a month ago, where there was a 12 to 20 point gap in enthusiasm in, in likelihood to go to the polls between Republicans and Democrats, there's now a 6% gap. Yeah, I don't think that's going to last. There's, I've read some analysis about that today, and I agree with that. I don't think for them this is going to last, even if he gets voted down. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about one situation that's getting them all riled up, but it is hurting them among women. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they're energized, but all of the polling is also showing that women do not want Kavanaugh confirmed, by and large. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, men he, are running away terribly. from the Democratic Party. So. Nah, here's, here's the, the thing the I vast, want. It, the, the majority of the country do not want Kavanaugh confirmed so i don't really see this energizing a group that wasn't going to be energized and vote in the first place here's what i want to hear and i'm going to keep asking this chris are you voting for larry sharp (laughs) um i'm aware of larry sharp i know he's a libertarian um i actually might um as much as i laughed when you mentioned that because I can't really bring myself to vote for Cuomo because he was as much of a part of the IDC as much as he, uh, quote-unquote, dissembled it. So I think as much as it would fail uh, as a whole, um, I think it would help send a message that, hey, maybe I should actually, like, force um, proper um, legislation that the people want. Mm Mm-hmm. 
that's good enough for me. Because I know you're not voting for Cuomo and you're not going to vote for a Republican. So I figured I might as well ask if you'll vote for Larry Sharp. Watch his uh, interview on Joe Rogan. You might find it interesting. You're not going to vote for Cuomo, Chris? No. What if he was going to lose? Would that be such a bad thing? Uh, I mean, um, if he's losing to Given the Republicans maybe. another governorship. Eh, Bloomberg was a Republican, but he didn't do many Republican things. Bloomberg wasn't much of a Republican. He was uh, Republican in fiscal policy only. Otherwise, he was a nanny state freakazoid. I don't know. I I would I would vote for him, and I don't really like him. All right. So I mean, Chris, Chris let's is be on honest. the sharp train. He is more of a Republican in name, uh, in action than anyone. Hence why he sided with the IDC. He liked the fact mm-hmm. that his legislature was ineffectual. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I'm, oh, why is this a thing? Why? So I follow American Magazine, which is a Jesuit review. Yeah. And on my feed is, yes, democratic socialism is compatible with Catholic social teaching. And in the picture on Facebook, it is AOC. And I'm just like, oh, oh. Lord, no. Well, John Paul II just did a a Star Fox barrel roll in his grave. <laughs> she is a socialist, not a democratic socialist. And I know. Do you, do you remember, Chris, when we were kids and the Catholic Church didn't like communism? Well, that's because communism was against uh, all religion. The, so is socialism. I'm sure there's countries in Europe that would disagree. Such as? How does everyone... Wait, but... um, um, All the ones that are a little bit more socialist. I mean, most countries in Europe Europe have a a state religion. I mean, the Danes aren't very pro-Catholic. Who? The, The Danes, Denmark. Ah, uh, yeah. I believe there's. But then there's also there. universal health care. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think Beto's gonna win, guys? Um, I think, I think so. he's too cool to win. <laughs> I, I I think. Don't Ted say that. The least least liked member of Congress. So yes, I think so. You think Beto is? I'm really, really hoping. The last polling had him down. Um, by nine. Mm-hmm. Which has me a little concerned. Eh. 
Obama was down by nine at this point against Romney. Look how that turned out. <laughs> Although, yeah, that, that doesn't that well though. That that doesn't bode well the fact that Ted Cruz isn't really even campaigning and Beto is nine points behind. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah, at, the, you, at the polling. I'm five thirty eight and it's not good. What about Doug Jones? And also what about the fact that even five thirty eight had Trump down? Well, I think there's a difference there. I don't think that anyone who's being polled for Beto O'Rourke is ashamed to tell other people that they're voting for Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> I don't think the polling was wrong in the in the presidential election. She won the popular vote. Well, I mean, the the electoral college totally throws a wrench in in most polling because well, actually, of the way it's structured. Here's the interesting one, because um, George Lutz, who you guys can flip him the bird right now, but George Lutz, um, he called the race for Hillary Clinton. Um, and he basically going off of exit polling said, you know, I know the law says we got to wait for blah, blah, blah. But, you know, <clears throat> based on exit Hillary Clinton's won. Uh, he recrunched the numbers, and there was an interesting phenomenon that he noticed, and that was about five times as many people um, refused to give their answer to the exit poller than normal. Over 10% refused to <coughs> to, get, to say who they voted for, and in fact, he he said of my oh yeah uh, yeah I think the exit polls were off because yeah. of that. I agree with yeah. that. But I think that the regular polling was not off. I mean, in the states that he won that flipped the Electoral College to him, he -hmm. was not polling badly. He was not far behind her in Michigan. He was not far behind her in Pennsylvania. So I think that it's hard to compare 2016 presidential election polling to, you know, Senate polling, which is not done by the Electoral College. Well, and I mean, the, the other thing, and Nate Silver can tell you about this, of was Nate Silver, I think, he gave Trump, what, the uh, day before the election, a 35% chance to win, and he was laughed off. Yeah, of like that, yeah. He was laughed off for giving him so high a percentage. And it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, but you know what? Every time that you fight with Trumpers on, you know, whatever, Twitter, they they show up, they they throw up screenshots of when it was like 98% chance Hillary was going to win, which was like four months before the election. Mm -hmm. So, not accurate. That's not what it it said the night before. You got to understand that your average Trump voter was educated in a rural public school um, till the ripe old age of 11 before they had to go work on the hog farm. I'm pretty sure that they, that these people know. And they just lie. I mean, there's been this whole push to like this. And Michael Moore, by the way, needs to just f off and die. But well, he was doing it today. I mean, I think you should f off, but not like, die. That's kind of rude. Not very yeah, Christian of you. Really? 
Oh, okay. <laughs> can die, but can we blow him I'm up? I'm old like school Catholic. That, can we blow him up like that whale that washed up off of San Diego in the 80s? No, usually that's. I'm not going to make a fat joke. Because of the gases. <laughs> I'm not going to make a fat joke. You're not fat, but you're pregnant. All these people. Oh, sick of hearing that, too. <laughs> um, I. I He's on the train of Democrats aren't fighting hard enough against Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every time you ask them, what do you want them to do? What would you consider them fighting? They won't answer you. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's not it, because they're stupid. It's not because they're stupid. It's because they they just want to spread a bunch of crappy things about the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. They know, they're not dumb. They know the Democrats can't actually do anything to stop Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Same is true with Trump voters. They know most of the stuff they're spreading is fake. Mm-hmm. They just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever to own the libs. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I finally found a pair of <laughs> Nike apparel. I have some Nike golf balls. How do you propose I deface those to own the lids? Um, I say you donate uh, them to uh, a, a school uh, golf team. <sighs> I'm trying to think of a school that doesn't have money but also has a golf team, Chris. Yeah, there, I don't think there's a cross-section of that. Yeah. Or how about this? Why don't you go into uh, one of the public schools in Detroit and help start a golf team there? All right. That'll I help support that. Because while you're teaching them golf, you could also teach them about libertarianism. And there you go. You, you've just... Uh, you, you you just spread the Please book. don't tell him to go treat teach inner city kids about libertarianism. You know, actually, and I have the Please perfect don't. analogy. Government is a lot like golf. The smaller the number, the better it goes. <laughs> Boom. So you, you're, you're fit for the uh, position. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's bad. I want you to be serious with me. Julia, that a little libertarianism wouldn't go a long way in Detroit, particularly when it comes to licensure. Uh, you know what it costs know. in the city of Detroit to get a license to uh, operate a parking lot uh, as much as $1,500 a year? I mean... That doesn't sound bad because they make they make a lot. But how do you start? What if you're just someone who bought up a bunch of vacant lots on your block? They're talking about having a special farming license because of all the people doing urban farms now. They do charge a lot for parking each spot. 
Well, and they most probably of make the fifteen hundred in in less than a, in like two weeks. Well, and most of the ones downtown are on all owned by Dan Gilbert, so I mean, it's fine. Dan Gilbert can pay. But what's he? Why you gotta hate on Dan Gilbert? Didn't he just do like a like a sit down with Kanye West? Um, he did with ye. Um, so my my problem with Dan Gilbert is the same as my problem with the Illich family, is that they're allowed to rent seek their way into the city of Detroit while things like schools and roads and water don't get taken care of by the city council. That apparently a free hockey arena is well within the interests of the people of Detroit. But getting the lead out of the goddamn water uh, is not a government priority. <laughs> that you can get all the free government services you want if you're a billionaire in Detroit. Yeah, I know. And on that uplifting, I know. Note, I know. <laughs> Okay. So vote sharp. Yes, vote often. <laughs> well, I, I never vote nice. major party anyway. I usually, if there is a major party candidate I do like in New York, I'll vote for them on the third party that they're running on. Oh, right. Because New York is really screwed up that a candidate can be, uh, what, for 20 different parties or something? Something like that, yeah. Your state's weird, bro. You're not going to vote for Nixon. You're not going to vote for Nixon, are you? Uh, I can't vote for her. Isn't she not running anymore? I thought she was on somebody's ticket. She's not green? I thought she, she's going to be on the green. I don't know. All I know is that anyone that tries to order freaking uh, locks on a cinnamon raisin bagel is uh, cut off from my what? my site. Hold on. I didn't know about this campaign scandal. We can't stop here. She put locks on the cinnamon bagel? Yeah. Yeah. What? Next you're going to tell me she put mayonnaise on her pastrami. Uh, and uh, she was um, kicked off the working par- uh, family's party ticket. And they backed Cuomo okay. seven hours ago. Yeah, so, okay. they just did that. Okay. But would you have voted for her? I told you. That bagel fiasco, that was like anything that I definitely would not even entertain the idea. Oh, you're so full of shit right now. But even before before that, uh, she was a one-issue candidate, and outside of the city, she had no idea what the hell she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no. that, that sounds like most New Yorkers to, to me. Somebody. Chris, I'm going to be honest, that sounds like yes. most New Yorkers to me. Yeah. And I think you have a friend who thinks that outside of the five boroughs that places like Albany, Rochester, and Buffalo just don't matter. You know, having lived well, in she should uh, run for mayor. Michigan, She's more than welcome to. I would, I would vote for her over de Blasio any day. 
because she actually addressed city issues, not state issues. Therefore, if she could find a way to not only do what she wants with the MTA and uh, somehow get universal health care for an entire city, sure, go ahead. Otherwise, okay. Uh, Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp for uh, governor of New York. My official endorsement. Uh, I'm very proud of you, Chris. Okay. But I, I just want to know how that is. Thing, um, is um, food politics is very important in New York. Um, do you know what was the major controversy with Fiorella LaGuardia, Chris, when he was running for mayor? Oh. It's really um, weird. Considering that he was probably putting something he shouldn't be on a pizza, and considering that he's an Italian, that would have like offended half the city. Close. Close. What What do you traditionally dip your artichoke card in? Oh, it, it butter. I mean, usually butter. Yeah. Yeah. He dipped it in mayonnaise, yeah. and it was a big yeah. controversy that he dipped his artichoke carts in mayo. The so food politics goes way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, all right, kids. Ju- Julia, you have a nice dinner. Chris, you have a nice dinner. And I'll talk to you all next week. Yeah. All right. You too. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Be well. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.